0: Welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, April 18th, and we start with local news. The Columbia Police Department is trying to locate 15-year-old missing juvenile, Eduardo Rafi Perez. Eduardo was last seen in the area of Creek Trail in Columbia on April 16th. Eduardo is 5 feet 4 inches tall, weighing 140 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing a blue hoodie, black and gray shorts, and gray Crocs. Also missing is 17-year-old missing juvenile Ty Harrington. Ty was last seen in the area of Chestnut Drive in Columbia on April 17th. Ty is 6 feet 3 inches tall, weighing about 150 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing blue jeans and a multicolored hoodie. Any person with additional information that may assist in this or any other investigation is encouraged to contact Columbia Police Department Dispatch 24 hours a day at 931-388-2727, Murray County Crime Stoppers at 931-381-4900, or Columbia Police Safe Tip email at safetips at com. The downtown streetscape in Columbia along 7th Street might have looked a bit bare this week by passers-by who noticed a significant lack of foliage. However, city leaders tell residents not to worry. The lush beauty of the downtown area will return this spring with a refreshed look. After Columbia City crews uprooted approximately 60 trees around Public Square and 7th Street downtown as part of a city beautification project, new urban trees are in the process of being planted in their place as part of a downtown treescape project. According to City Manager Tony Massey, the previous mature trees lining the main thoroughfare of historic 7th Street were causing damage to the sidewalks, the city sewer, and the historic building facades. The roots of the previous trees were causing the sidewalks to buckle and led to a few pedestrian injuries, Massey said. The limbs were also causing damage to the historic buildings along 7th Street. For a while, downtown merchants have been requesting that the city do something about the trees, Massey explained. New trees, mostly birch and elms, will be planted along the streetscape, or smaller urban trees that have smaller trunks and a smaller root base, protecting sidewalks from damage. The tree removal was proposed initially in 2021 as a strategic plan objective. The project will be conducted in multiple phases, starting with the downtown square. The process involves using a grinding machine to remove the remaining stumps once a tree is cut down. The machine will then grind into the soil to remove the stop while also making room to plant a new sapling. The project costs the city approximately $35,000, Massey said. Some people have told us they like it better without the trees already, because they can now see the buildings, he said. The next city projects to watch for are the new wastewater plant set to begin construction next year and the new streetscape on South Garden Street in the Arts District. In its continued effort to support and properly compensate its employees, Columbia City Council approved the first of two readings to increase city employee salaries by five percent across the board. The second and final reading will appear on the council's May agenda. If approved, the pay increase would take effect in June. Once approved, the raise would start. Where would be a part rather of a twenty-two and a half cumulative percent increase in employee compensation rates since 2018. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said the increase is due to a recent study indicating that the pay rate for many staff positions was found to be under the average market value and that it was the right thing to do for our employees. One of the troubling things was where we stood as a city in terms of our employees being sort of under market, Mayor Mulder said. But the good thing in that trouble is that we are solving that problem and we are correcting the issue. And we will go from having 73 percent of our employees being basically under market to having none of our employees being paid below market, he said. City Finance Director Thad Jablonski said the pay increase would amount to a total cost of just over $2.2 million, which he said is unprecedented in the city's history. We've never done $1 million in one year as far as increases in compensation, Jablonski said. Jablonski added that much of the market research was conducted comparing Columbia to other cities and municipalities, such as Franklin, Spring Hill, as well as private sectors in the case of engineers, accountants, and other comparative positions. As of July 1, we're going to be competitive within our market, Jablonski said. That's where we want to be, and I'm pretty pleased to be able to say that, he said. In addition to the 5% pay increase, the council's May agenda will also include the first of two readings for an ordinance to establish new employee pay scales, which Jablonski said could include additional adjustments based on today's market averages. Mulder also touched on the 22.5% cumulative increase, and that had the city not taken action sooner, the new increases likely would not have been possible. Had we not been doing this incrementally over the last several years, then we would find ourselves in a much more difficult position of trying to get our employees caught up to where they need to be, Mayor Mulder said. Even though this is a significant budget item for us, I'm very thankful that it isn't more than what it is, and that's because we have had these incremental increases. Overall, I think it does send a signal to our employees that we hear them, and more importantly, that we appreciate them, he said. Columbia State Community College will host an annual Tennessee Emergency Medical Services Instructor Update event that is approved by the Tennessee State EMS Office on May 12th. Until recently, EMS educators have only had a few options to obtain their annual instructor update required under Tennessee law, said Greg Johnson, Columbia State Program Director and Assistant Professor of Emergency Medical Services. This offering gives a one-day option for our educators that may better fit their schedules. I'm excited about the lineup of speakers at the conference, each respected in their field and promote excellence in EMS education, he said. Through the efforts of Columbia State's EMS Academy and the Workforce and Continuing Education Department, the annual Tennessee EMS Instructor Update event has been approved by the Tennessee State EMS Office to satisfy the TCA Code 12112 rules for renewal related to attendance at annual instructor updates or conferences and includes eight contact hours. The event will be headlined by Heather Davis, Director of Student Assessment at David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Other notable speakers at the event include, but are not limited to, Steve Joyner, Dean of Lipscomb University College of Leadership and Public Service, Jenny Massey-Holt, Columbia State Associate Professor of Nursing, Brandon Ward, State EMS Director, Jay Burks, IC training manager at Wayne County EMS, Randy White, program director at Middle Tennessee State University EMS Education, Paul Pollock, EMS supervisor at Williamson Medical Center EMS, and Greg Johnson, Columbia State program director and assistant professor of emergency medical services. The conference will take place at the Columbia campus in the Cherry Theater from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. and will include participants. Well, I'm sorry, will provide participants with eight contact hours. Registration for the event is $125, with lunch provided at the event, along with a reception the night before at the Hampton Inn in Spring Hill. The reception will be at 6 p.m. and offers attendees time to network while enjoying refreshments. For more information, contact Dev at columbiastate.edu. It's traditional on St. Patrick's Day to say that everybody's got a little Irish in them, but what if you could share the sentiment every week in historic downtown Columbia? A downtown Franklin staple for many years, McCreary's Irish Pub recently opened its second location in Mule Town earlier this year, taking over the former Juan D's location at 814 South Main Street. While the announcement that Columbia's popular Asian fusion restaurant would be closing its doors last year after many customers left many customers sad, the announcement of the new Irish pub and eatery created a buzz almost immediately. Now operating since February, the city, along with the Murray County Chamber of Commerce, celebrated the business with an official grand opening and ribbon-cutting last Thursday. This was a chance for citizens and city leaders alike to take a tour of the two-story building, meet the staff, and indulge in some warm, gourmet bread pudding. And for some, maybe a few cold pints of Guinness. This is an exciting day, not just for this business, but for all of downtown Columbia, and this building has a really important history that goes way back, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said. The point is that McCreary's is now in here and able to shine brightly, while being a nice asset to our downtown community and the community as a whole. I'm grateful I was able to come in today because I tried to come in on St. Patrick's Day, and it was about a a two-and-a-half-hour wait, Mayor Mulder said. Owner Natasha Hendricks, who has overseen operations at the Franklin location for over a decade, said she had her eye on opening a new location in Columbia for quite some time. She just needed the right spot to become available. When Juan Dees announced its imminent closure, she knew it would be the perfect spot. Over the last 10 years, we have been looking to open a location in Columbia, and so it's been an ongoing starting and stopping process, Hendricks said. My contractor is actually family with the Juan D's people, and it all just kind of came together. When they were ready to retire, take some time with family, and we were still looking for a location. When things are right, they're right, and it all just happened very quickly, she said. And being a family business, Hendrick said she wanted to keep the love of Juan D's alive by keeping on many of its former staff that customers have come to know and love. Before becoming manager of the pub and eatery, Hendricks said she was initially on a different career path, one that actually brought her to Columbia many years ago as an intern. I was actually getting my journalism degree, and I did my internship at the Daily Herald, Hendricks said, but then they offered me this opportunity, and I thought, you know, I can own a pub, and I took over McCreary's. My sister had just also graduated and come down, started waiting tables, and we turned it into this sort of collaborative thing. In addition to Hendrix taking the helm of the ship, she's joined by her sister and brother-in-law, Ashley and Alex Farmer, with Ashley running the front of the house and Alex overseeing the kitchen and menu. The McCreary's menu features many Irish staples, such as cottage pie, corned beef and cabbage, bangers and mash, or fish and chips. Customers can also start their meals with an order of O'Shannon salmon dip or battered cheese curd. McCreary's also offers non-Irish items like burgers, such as the Irishman, featuring, featuring hand-padded ground beef topped with gouda cheese, lettuce, tomato, onion, mayo, and mustard on a pretzel bun. We do have an Irish flair, but we're also in America, Alex said. I pride myself on our corned beef and cabbage. It's amazing. The corned beef and cabbage egg roll is to die for, he said. In addition to good food and drinks, McCreary's wishes to become another great gathering spot downtown with special events and live music, which is featured every Thursday through Saturday night, starting at 7 p.m. Tuesday nights are also trivia nights. We try to mix live music with the Irish Celtic genre, but also open it up on some nights to other types of bands, bluegrass or anything with a good community sing-along vibe, Hendrick said. Operating hour for McCreary's is 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. For more information, to view the menu and place online orders, visit www.mccrearyspub.com. U.S. Congressman Andy Ogles announced his Columbia District office is now accepting submissions for the 2023 Congressional Art Competition. Each year, high school students across the country participate in this contest and have their artwork displayed in the nation's capital for a year. One piece is selected for each congressional district. All high school students in Tennessee's 5th Congressional District are encouraged to participate. I'm confident that the 5th District has some of the most talented young artists in our nation, and I look forward to seeing each and every piece that is entered, said Congressman Ogles in a press release. Each entry must be original in concept, design, and execution and may not violate U.S. copyright laws. For more information on the competition and competition guidelines, you can visit www.ogles.house.gov. The deadline for submissions is Friday, April 21st at 5 p.m. All entries must schedule a drop-off or pick-up with Amy Lewis. You can contact her at amy.lewis2 at mail.com. Dot house dot gov. Join award winning songwriters Mark Allen Springer, Mark Nestler, and more for a round of golf and a fun time singing and swinging to benefit the Tennessee Children's Home. For over 20 years, Tennessee Children's Home has put on a golf fundraiser successful in attaining the resources that change the lives of at risk children and youth in Middle Tennessee. We invite you to help make an impact on at-risk children and youth in Tennessee, be a part of this work by being a sponsor or player for the event, which will take place on June 5th. For more information, contact Chris Dowdy at 931-486-2274, extension 218, or email him at cdowdy, that's c-d-o-u-g-h-t-i-e, at tennesseechildrenshome.org. Columbia State Community College welcomes Bob Eubanks, Backstage with the Beatles, to the Cherry Theater on April 20th as part of the first Farmers Performance Series. Bob Eubanks, Backstage with the Beatles, offers a huge entertainment value for both Beatles fans and music lovers alike. The show consists of never-heard stories experienced by Bob Eubanks during the Beatles' tour in America in the early 60s, rare video footage, still images, special effects, and merchandise to help embrace what it must have been like to experience the Beatles in concert. All of Bob's stories led into a hit song that best represents the subject discussed and the time period of when the story took place. It will be fun to hear firsthand stories of the Beatles' arrival in America, and of course, to hear music performed live by a stellar tribute band, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. You're invited to join us for a great evening as we wrap up the 20th season of our performance series, she said. Individual tickets are on sale for $30 each plus tax for adults and $20 each plus tax for Columbia State students. To charge tickets by phone using a major credit card, you can call 931-540-2879 or purchase them in person in room 113 of the prior administration building on the Columbia campus, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. On the night of the performance, the box office opens at 6 p.m. in the Kenneth and Ramona Cherry Theater, located in the Wayman L. Hickman Building on the Columbia campus. Theater doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the show begins at 7. The Columbia campus is located at 1665 Hampshire Pike in Columbia. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance dash series. The second annual Homestead Festival will be held on June 2nd and 3rd in Columbia on Rory Feek's Farm. Now until April 21st, you can take advantage of a buy one, get one free ticket offer. With your purchase, you will be able to attend the event for both days. Combining music and meaning, the two-day affair features musical performances from Rory Feek, Colin Ray, Craig Campbell, and Paul Overstreet, as well as masterclass lectures by prominent homesteading community leaders such as Dr. Temple Grandin, Joel Salatin, Jill Winger, and many others. You can buy tickets by visiting www.hardisonmill.com forward slash the Homestead Festival. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Dennis Glenn Thurman, 62, a retired employee of Tennessee Farm Bureau for over 24 years and a resident of Columbia, died Friday, April 14th at Murray Regional Medical Center after a long and courageous battle with cancer. Funeral services for Mr. Thurman will be conducted on Tuesday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Mrs. Lois Poe Gillum, 95, a retired secretary and wife of Boyd Gillum, died Saturday at her residence. Funeral services for Mrs. Gillum will be conducted on Thursday at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 5 p.m. until 7 p.m. at the funeral home. Mr. Archie Bubba Russell, Jr., 76, a retired employee of Vought Aircraft Industries, Grand Fire Protection, and Williamson County Highway Department, died Saturday, April 15th. Funeral services for Mr. Russell will be conducted on Wednesday at 2 p.m. at Williamson Memorial Funeral Home in Franklin, Tennessee. Burial will follow in Green Cemetery in Prim Springs. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Williamson Memorial Funeral Home. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. William Lee Barron, 88, a retired educator and a longtime resident of Columbia, died Saturday at his son's residence in Manchester. Funeral services are incomplete at this time and will be announced later by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a sunshine-filled day today with a high of around 80 degrees. Winds will be out of the southwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect mostly clear skies and a low of around 50. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to southern Middle Tennessee today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But Family First wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine too. At Shelter Insurance,
2: Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia.
1: American standard heating and air conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow... Isn't American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090.
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Several people at the Nashville International Airport evacuated due to a noxious odor on Sunday, April 16th. It happened in Concourse C shortly after 2.45 p.m. According to reports, the Nashville Fire Department responded to to the concourse due to something airborne causing breathing problems. Emergency crews were seen inside the airport with masks and oxygen tanks. After emergency responders took chemical samples, it was determined the substance was acetate, a solvent commonly used in lacquers, varnishes, enamels, and resins. The fire department later determined there were no air contaminants after testing the air quality inside the building. As of 4.35 p.m., Concourse C had reopened and was deemed safe. Unfortunately, six flights were canceled and over 160 flights were delayed at the airport. Officials are still investigating to determine what caused the solvent to spread around the concourse. April's night sky will soon light up this weekend in Nashville area, greater Nashville area, as the year's first meteor shower will zoom by beginning on Saturday. For peak viewing of the Lyrid meteor shower, gaze to the stars on the nights of April 21st and 22nd. The American Meteor Society describes the Lyrids as a medium-strength shower that produces good rates of meteors for about three nights centered on the peak. NASA stated the meteors don't often leave glowing, long, glowing trains of dust as they streak through the night sky, but may produce bright flashes called fireballs. So roll out a blanket, maybe at Longhunter State Park, Bledsoe Creek State Park, or Edgar Evans State Park, if you're willing to travel to enjoy the beauty of nature. John Cohen, a meteorologist with National Weather Service in Nashville, said onlookers should face northeast in the sky and find a dark area. Meteors are pieces of space debris left over from comets and or asteroids that interact with our atmosphere when Earth passes through the debris trails left from the comets coming around the sun, according to NASA. The debris that created the Lyrids come from Comet C-1861-G1, also known as Comet Thatcher. The Lyrids will be active from now through April 29th. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Heritage Foundation of Williamson County will host the much-anticipated 39th Annual Main Street Festival, sponsored by First Horizon, to be held in historic downtown Franklin from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, April 22nd and on Sunday, April 23rd. The first of the three annual festivals organized and operated by the Heritage Foundation, the Main Street Festival has continually grown in stature and in anticipation, with the 2022 festival attracting more than 140,000 attendees. The family-friendly Arts and Crafts Street Festival is free to the public, along with the heralded assortment of local shops and destinations the downtown quarter is known for. Guests will enjoy local food and drink vendors, children's activities, live music, and arts and crafts. For more information about the Franklin Main Street Festival, visit www.franklinmainstreetfest.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM-WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.